In today's episode, I'm sharing with you my experience of severe pregnancy sickness. So I'm talking about hyperemesis gravidarium and come along for the ride. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Welcome to today's episode and today I'm sharing with you something a little bit different. I'm going to share with you my experience of hyperemesis gravidarum or HG for short or sometimes it's just called hyperemesis or hypermesis and this is severe vomiting, nausea, weight loss and dehydration in pregnancy. So it's part of a pregnancy complication that affects uh, probably about maybe less than 1% of pregnant women. So I'm sharing with you my experience of this. It's a little bit different because hopefully this isn't something that's actually ever going to affect you, but it might affect someone you know. And I had no idea that this was a thing that happened until it happened to me and it was brutal. And I'm sharing a little bit about that journey in this podcast. Um, Warning, I talk about vomiting and I get quite emotional and maybe cry a little bit because this was feels all still very recent and is probably one of the hardest things I've been through way harder than birth way harder you know all these other things we think of like I'd rather give birth every day for like the next month than have to go through that process again so I hope you find this useful if you have any questions and you can let me know on admin at keziahall.com or on Instagram so other than that I'm just trying to think of if there's any exciting news happening. I'm just set up in my new temporary office while hopefully later on in the year I'm building an office in the garden, which is exciting. Um, one of my girls, Rainbow, has just gotten her first two teeth. So it's been teething central here. Um, I have got my desk right here as I'm recording this is covered in um, lab test results. <laughs> So actually, I am going to be doing that and recording that and going recording that, chatting and interpreting that for my clients. And that's kind of what I've been doing, going through test results, chatting to clients, helping them see we get results and get their energy back. That's about it. So let's get on with today's episode. I'm interrupting my own podcast to let you know that I work with people on a one-to-one private basis about all this stuff that I talk about on the podcast. So if you are struggling and you've been struggling with your symptoms for years, you've been bloated and tired for a long time. If your hormones have been awful and your periods unpleasant and your skin horrible and all of these different things that you've been struggling with and you've tried the going gluten-free, the testing, the supplements, the personal training, the meditation, the all the things, and are still not making the progress you want to make, then chances are you need someone to help you. I'm a holistic nutritionist. I help women who are fed up of feeling crap, and I use the years of training and experience to apply the science as well as the support and accountability to give you the results you want in a couple of months. And guys, this isn't just chat. My clients see phenomenal shifts in their bellies and their hormones and their brains and their energy and their sleep. 
it's so amazing how much your body wants you to be well, but often we just don't know what that is. And that is what my job is. I help you to navigate all the different aspects, the food, the supplements, the nutrition, the lab tests, the lifestyle changes so that you can feel the way that you want to feel every day. You don't have to wake up feeling tired and groggy. You don't have to hate getting dressed. You don't have to feel overwhelmed about what to eat. You don't have to have horrible periods and be in a lot of pain. You can actually see things shift. That's what the science says, and that's what my experience with clients has shown me. So I would love to help you. If you want to know more, head to keziahall.com and click the work with me button and book in your call to talk with me, and we can get started on your own unique and personalized program soon okay otherwise let's get back to the show we're talking about hyperemesis gradarium or hypermesis gradarium i think that's how you say it or often it's called just hg so that's how i will be referring to it in this episode is hd um, or hyperemesis So I'm just going to be sharing a little bit of this with you. Now, the reason I want to share this is actually is probably, well, the first of of all, if you've not had children and you've not been pregnant, don't freak out about this. First of all, I don't share this with you to be discouraging. It is like about 1%, I think, of roughly of pregnant women that struggle with this. Um, So this is unlikely to affect a lot of you. But it probably or might affect someone you know. And so I kind of wanted to just do this podcast to kind of really spread awareness and hopefully really equip you so that you know how to really look after anyone around you that might be really struggling with this and what might be helpful to them. Also to help people understand, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding that goes on with this because to be honest, a lot of other women are just like, yeah, I was sick of my pregnancy. Like, just get over it. Like, deal with it kind of thing. And and this is hyperemesis or HG. It's like um it's like a different beast. <laughs> um, so there can be a lot of misunderstanding, and this means actually a lot of the time women don't get support as well, the support that they need. I know I didn't with my first actually, um, because I was just a bit like, no, this is maybe went to be the way it is, and it actually I probably could have done with a bit of support. So. First of all, what is it? What is hyperemesis? What is HD? It's extreme sickness. It's extreme pregnancy sickness, essentially. Um, there's a great video that I might share on the show notes from the Pregnancy Sickness Support, which is the charity in the UK that really looks at supporting um, women through this time. And it's a great resource. Um, they do support calls and all sorts of things, um, which is really good. Um, and it's basically, if you think about the spectrum of pregnancy, and generally speaking, a lot of women experience some sort of nausea when they're pregnant that is often eased by eating something, maybe by ginger tea, by resting, but there's some sort of nausea going on. They might vomit in the morning or have a, you know, a bit of nauseousness. So that's relatively normal. But if you think about pregnancy, there is a spectrum. So some women don't feel a thing. They have perfectly healthy pregnancies, don't ever feel nauseous, nothing. And other women at the other end of that spectrum is people that are severely sick and you can end up um, hospitalized and really actually in a very precarious state if you have extremely bad hyperemesis, extremely bad HD. HG and everyone that's struggling with hyperemesis is more on this extreme end. It's at that extreme pregnancy sickness 
nausea, vomiting. A lot of women are vomiting 30, 40 times a day. Um, often it's that includes food and water, so you can get severely dehydrated. That's when you can then end up hospitalized because obviously we die without water. Obviously there's malnutrition that goes on as well. Um, a lot of the time with HG, there can be a lot of um, excessive saliva production. So you're wanting to spit a lot. Most of the time people are bed bound um, during this time because movement, motion can just make you more sick. And your primary focus when you have this is just to try and keep some food and some water down. And it's also primarily um, created by being pregnant. You know, every time I stopped being pregnant with my two pregnancies, instantly felt better. Like literally, I remember even with the twins, like the day after coming back from hospital, like 24 hours after they were born, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Like I'm just don't feel nauseous all the time. Um, and it's that instant relief. And there's not a lot of research on it because it affects pregnant women and I don't think people care to fund the research, to be honest. Um, so there's just not a lot that we know. We don't know why we have it. We don't know why some people get it more. There's different theories around hormones or blood sugar. or I'm sure there must be a reason, but we don't know what that is yet because um, it's not been researched. So uh, that often happens in women's health, unfortunately. You know, it's not like we're doing anything important, like making the next human race. <laughs> no, we don't need to research that at all. We're just making humans here. Anyway, <clears throat> side note, you can tell I'm a bit uh, enraged. By that. So that's a little bit of what it is. Obviously, as I mentioned, a great resource for this whole podcast is the PregnancySicknessSupport.org, which is a charity based in the UK gives you a lot more information on it but that's a little bit of what it is it's this extreme pregnancy sickness and nausea that involves vomiting can involve hospitalization it's really common for women to end up on various cocktails of drugs during this time to help them just keep down water keep down food often a lot of the time people are bedridden unable to care for themselves unable to care for their children unable to work unable to do all of these types of things so that's a little bit of a general overview of hyperemesis now, I want to share a little bit about my experience. Um, so I've had two pregnancies. My first was with my son and I felt really sick with him. I didn't vomit a lot. I probably only vomited like a handful of times, five, ten times, that kind of thing. But I did feel incredibly nauseous the whole time and often um, would get to about two o'clock and then just spend the rest of the day in bed. That was often how it worked. Um, so I wasn't, yeah, I didn't feel great. And I probably did have some hyperemesis, but I um, didn't seek out any medical support or any help. I didn't take any drugs for it. I never was vomiting water. So I was always able to stay hydrated. And I did lose a lot of weight in the first little bit, but I was probably able to keep down at least like one or two meals a day. So it wasn't anything too terrible. It was just not enjoyable. Then with my getting pregnant with my twins, obviously at the beginning of the pregnancy, didn't know it was twins, um, but uh, getting pregnant with my twins with by week seven or eight, I think I was on holiday, I think probably at week seven of the, of knowing, so I just found out I was pregnant essentially, and then starting to feel incredibly sick. And then probably by week eight, that's when the vomiting started. And then the um, nausea. 
the, the awful nausea started. And to summarise, with the girls, I was probably bedridden from um, about eight weeks in to, I think by about 18, 20 weeks, I was able to get up and about a bit more, although I still predominantly spent my time lying down because I just knew I was less likely to puke lying down, less motion sickness, less nausea, less, just felt less awful if I was just still essentially. Um, And definitely by 24, 26 weeks, I was up and about a bit more, meaning in the mornings is always when I personally felt my best. With women, it's different. Every woman's different. Um, So I would often get up in the morning and if I was going to do anything, then the morning time, so like hospital appointment, midwives appointments, all those kind of things would always try and be the morning. And then I would just be in bed for the rest of the day. And that kind of was a pattern for most of my pregnancy, apart from I probably had about eight weeks from like 26 weeks to 34 weeks with this with the girls with this twin pregnancy the most recent one where I was probably only in bed for like a couple of hours a day I wasn't in bed all the time so that was a little bit of what life looked like um and I was just nauseous all the time so in terms of my experience of it it's really tricky because if you've been pregnant you probably felt nauseous um and I have to say with hyperemesis, it's a really different kind of nausea. It's, I would describe it as like an all-consuming nausea. Like my bones felt nausea. Every part of me felt nauseous to the point on really bad days. It sounds dramatic, but I really did have just wanted to die, essentially. It was that like crushing, like every part of me just felt so 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 sick I couldn't move I couldn't watch screens I couldn't function like the only thing I could really do was listen to audiobooks so I listened to the entire series of Harry Potter because again I couldn't I didn't have enough wherewithal to listen to a book I was a new book if that makes sense so and I've read Harry Potter a million times so I knew Harry Potter nearly word for word so I just listened to that and if you know the Harry Potter books like each book is about like 20 hours of audio so I would just I couldn't really watch tv when it was really bad or spend a lot of time on screens because it was just too made me want to be sick and you know bright you know when when it's a bit like I I was trying to explain it to Joe when I was in it I was like you know when you have the flu and you have a temperature and you just have to lie still and you can't look at screens and you can't move and you can't really function all you can really focus on is drinking water and forcing yourself to go for a pee like when you've really you know got that temperature sicknessy thing it's a bit like that but without the temperature and just all day and all night and so it was just really relentless and then obviously as you can imagine this has a it has a toll on your mental health and on your life like I couldn't I wasn't parenting during this time like my son on good moments he would maybe come into bed with me and we'd watch something on the tv but that was only when I could handle screens which wasn't all the time um so I was not really seeing him you know which is heartbreaking and I mean I feel a bit emotional talking about it but it was it's just hard like my husband was working. It was in the middle kind of of the pandemic. He also needed to look after my son the entire time. And I was just lying in bed aware of all the things I wasn't doing. I wasn't parenting. I wasn't really working. I wasn't, um, I mean, I was growing what was two children. So in hindsight, <laughs> I was doing a lot. 
But in the moment, it was really tricky and just feeling so awful, like so awful. And that's kind of, I know it's, I think this is what's difficult with HG is people have been pregnant and they've felt sick in pregnancy and therefore they're a bit like, oh, like I got, I kind of got the impression from some people in my life that I just kind of needed to book up a bit, like just deal with it. Everyone gets, feels sick in pregnancy, which a lot of people do. And it's not fun for anyone. I'm not saying like, woe is me, I'm the worst. It's not fun for anybody if you feel sick in pregnancy. But it was just this kind of idea that I was being, um, like I just needed to kind of deal with it, if that makes sense, like push through. And with HG, you actually can't push through. There's, um, there's, there's no pushing. <laughs> or if you do push through, you're just vomiting and vomiting and vomiting and you're vomiting up water and I was also really aware because I'd felt so sick with my first son before I even got pregnant. I did a lot more research with HG before getting pregnant with the girls and um, because I was aware that I was probably going to feel just as awful, to be honest, in pregnancy. Um, even though people were like, no, no, you won't. You often feel terrible with the thirst and then fine following. I just knew that wasn't going to be the case for me. So I'd done some research with HG and I knew actually that the main thing I wanted to avoid was getting hospitalized. Also, this is in the middle of 2020, so pandemic. I knew that if I ended up being hospitalized because of dehydration, which happens when you just puke up, like you're just puking up your water. So you can't even keep water down. You're just puking up your food. You're puking up your water. You're obviously going to get super dehydrated, which is really dangerous. Um, I knew I really wanted to avoid going to hospital because I knew as soon as I ended up in hospital, I'd be on my own. No one could come and visit me. I hate hospitals. I find them stressful. It's not a relaxing environment. You can't sleep well in a hospital. You get bothered all the time. I knew my goal with having HG was to avoid hospital at all not at all costs because obviously you know I want to keep me and the baby babies although at the time I thought it was one baby and then you know after 12 weeks realized it was two I want to keep her safe but I really want to avoid hospital as much as possible um it's also worth saying obviously with hyperemesis I think in the UK you officially can only get diagnosed with it if you are admitted to hospital so I actually was never admitted to hospital thankfully I had a really great GP which I'll talk about in a second I got myself on a bunch of drugs I stopped puking up water like I kind of prevented it escalating too much which and was lucky as well um stopped it escalating um but so officially I'm not sure if I would account I've officially have a HG diagnosis, but based on everything I've read, then yeah. And on all the drugs I was on, then that was all prescribed to me. Uh, all drugs that are recommended for uh, women struggling with this severe sickness. So yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's worth knowing that this is, it's just not something to push through. Like I and I actually also had it quote unquote easy compared to other women. Some women are just puking 40, 50 times a day. And then obviously you get the, you can get esophageal damage done because <clears throat> of that much acid coming up. I at like best, I mean, sorry, at worst was puking like three times a day. I don't, I think I have a really hardcore gag reflex. I really actually struggle to puke in my life. I do not puke easily at all before HG and pregnancy I'd only got puked for like 10 years so I don't puke easily it takes a lot for me and actually a couple of times during the pregnancy I wish I puked more easily because I could tell I just needed to vomit 
sorry, it's, this is not the most delightful of podcasts to listen to. Um, but I, I do, I'm fully aware that I definitely had it easier than other women. Some women are just in and out of hospital their entire pregnancy. Some women have HG their entire pregnancy. For me, I felt 80% better by like 24 weeks. Like I could function, um, I could go places in cars. That was the other thing I couldn't really, I mean, I felt awful, so I didn't want to get in a car, but travel sickness was super bad. And obviously when you're pregnant and then pregnant with twins, there's a lot of appointments to like get yourself to, drive to. Obviously I had a toddler, so I'm trying to, you want to be present to their life and there's other things going on. Um, so travel sickness was the worst, actually. It's just traveling was bad and actually just doing anything in public was very stressful because I was very paranoid I was just going to puke everywhere and so that can create a lot of anxiety also we're going through a pandemic and I'm aware that people really don't want me to puke <laughs> everywhere from a hygiene perspective um I didn't wear any masks during this time I just couldn't have anything against my face because I just make me want to puke even now I struggle to wear a mask um for lots of reasons, partly because I think they're ineffective, but that's a different story. Um, but because of that, um, it triggers that memory, that panic of wanting to puke. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's just, I don't mean to be super depressing, but it is really grim. And the thing that is, I think is really hard is that I just had lots of people message me and be like, oh, have you tried ginger tea? Have you tried eating something? Have you tried the wristbands? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And I can tell you now, somebody who has HG will have categorically tried every single thing under the sun and nothing will have helped. Wristbands didn't help. Ginger tea didn't help. Tens therapy didn't help. Energy medicine didn't help. Like nothing thing helped. So please, please, if you know someone who's struggling with this severe pregnancy sickness, don't tell them to try ginger tea. Don't recommend wristbands to them. Tell them to phone the doctor and get the help and the support and medication that they might need. Okay. That was, su it's such a pet peeve with people with HD. Have you just tried eating more? I find if I eat biscuits in the morning, it's fine. Trust me. They've tried that. If you're puking your guts out, thinking you might get hospitalized because of dehydration and risk malnutrition that would be harmful for you and your babies, you've tried eating flipping digestive biscuits in the morning. You've tried eating the crisps. You've tried the teas. You've, you've tried the ginger tablets. Honestly, I tried it all. And it is so irritating. <laughs> when people say, oh, well, I just tried this thing, peppermint tea, and it did the trick. Well, I'm really glad it worked for you, and I genuinely am, but yeah, just a side note, ginger tea isn't going to cut anything. In fact, I got so, especially with Merlin, I puked up ginger, biscuits, oat cakes, those kind of things so much, I just couldn't touch them for the whole pregnancy. And that's the problem with HD, you kind of limit your palate quite a lot because you end up eating foods and then puking them up and the memory, like the taste of puking up oat cakes, for example. I couldn't eat oat cakes for the rest of the pregnancy because it'd been kind of ruined. So if you have severe sickness in pregnancy, your main focus is staying hydrated, doing whatever it takes to keep some water down. So at one point I could tolerate orange juice for some reason, even though it's super acidic. So I'd just take tiny sips of orange juice. Uh, at one point, um, uh, what was that? I was eating like crisps. I could keep crisps down. Would, like not nutritionally dense at all for making babies, but it's a food I could keep down. 
so I ate crisps. Like you just are focusing on getting whatever food that you can stomach into your mouth and hopefully keeping it down and whatever hydration you can keep. At one point, I like with the girls, I tried any sort of liquid just to try and see what would stay down. Ribena, water, vitamins. Actually, I got on really well with like, you know, the effervescent vitamin C. They worked really well for me. Shove that in water and that would effervesce around. It has a bit of like sweetness to it. That worked well. Orange juice, coconut water, like whatever. Try it tried it all. I also made sure people kept smells away. So, you know, Joe wasn't drinking coffee next to me, wine next to me, smells from the kitchen, completely um, have that removed as much as possible. Um, And a lot of the sensory stuff I tried to remove as much as possible. So I was just in like a dark, cool room 24-7, which is a bit rubbish. So the thing that can be really helpful though is during this time is I, with the second pregnancy, with my first pregnancy, I didn't ask for any help, just thought I needed to buck up and deal with it. And also I don't think my HG was at that bad, as bad as the, with my first pregnancy as with my second pregnancy, which was a twin pregnancy, which also means you're more likely to feel worse often with twin pregnancies. But with my twin pregnancy, I'd done a bit more research. I was aware that this thing of HG even existed with my son. I didn't even know it existed. That's kind of why I want to this podcast so that you can just be aware and get the support that you need. So with the second one, with the twins, I was aware uh, that of what it could be. And so as soon as I started to not be able to keep water down, which was probably by like week nine, I think it was, I wasn't, I knew I was drinking water and then vomiting up water. And I knew that was okay. If this continues, I'll end up in hospital. And I really want to avoid that. Um, that's when I phoned up my GP. Thankfully, I had a, a GP that was totally aware that this was a thing. Um, she didn't think I was making it up. She didn't think I was being overdramatic because sometimes you can get a bit of pushback. Um, and she got me on medication right away and it took a couple of weeks to find the right kind of blend of different medications anti-sickness medications that work for me there's lots of different things you can try obviously you need to chat to your doctor about this I tried um, I ended up on two different ones because one medication really helped me to stop puking so it meant I essentially stop puking but my nausea got even worse so I was not puking but I felt more sick so then we added another medication onto that to help just take the edge off that nausea. So it meant I was maybe at most being sick once a day, a couple of times a week, that kind of thing. I was able to keep my water down and I was probably keeping by that point some food down every day, um, which was good with that, as long as I kept on top of that blend of medication. And so I would have, um, obviously I just did phone calls with the doctor because we were in the middle of pandemic. And obviously because I wasn't leaving my bed for anything other than hospital appointments and the toilet, to be honest. Um, we I checked in with her every two weeks and we sometimes changed the dosage and those kind of things. But I think that was a really big um, help during this time was that I just got on the right medication. And a lot of the time I'm a holistic nutritionist, so people tend to think I'm quite anti-medication. Um, and I generally am, not, not anti-medication, I'm just really... Um, I'm really for um, informed consent when it comes to medication so that when you take medication, you know exactly what is happening, what risks, what side effects, what consequences um, are happening. And so with this, um, I was at the point where I was thinking of just terminating the pregnancy, just um, booking that in every I was having that thought every day where I was just honestly weighing that up if I could keep going with 
this with feeling the way that I wanted to feel, um, which I mean, doesn't feel particularly comfortable to say out loud, but it's probably, I think it's good too. That was the reality of it. And I needed to really own that thought and own that because that was a choice. Essentially, I live in a country where I could terminate a pregnancy if I wanted to, and it's my body and I can choose to do that. And I needed to own that that was a choice for me. I wasn't a victim in this pregnancy. I was making a choice and I was choosing to keep and grow what was these two beautiful, healthy girls. And I'm so glad I made that choice, but that was a daily struggle for me because with HG, the cure is not be pregnant. Let's be honest. If You know, if you are feeling terrible every day and like you want to die and like your bones are being crushed with nausea, if some like you're looking for a way out, then not being pregnant is the way to do it. And that, as soon as that was a regular thought in my mind, that's when also when I was like, okay, like medication I don't actually want that you know like the logical brain and we knew this was a planned pregnancy a wanted pregnancy I didn't actually want that so actually taking regular medication even though that might that does come with some side not side effects some risk in terms of the babies um I did look into it there is a small amount of risk there not loads but a little bit and um, partly because of a lack of data, there's just not a lot of data around pregnant women in general and medications because it's not ethical to shove a bunch of pregnant women on medication and then see whose baby die, whose babies die and whose don't. You know, that's just not going to happen in terms of trials and um, study. But I decided, OK, well, let's go on the medication. If I'm thinking of just ending this pregnancy because it's too unbearable, let's go on some medication, make it slightly more bearable means so I can keep down water, puke less, then. And I'm so glad I did that because I feel like I was on probably medication until I was about 20 weeks, 24 weeks. And then I naturally found I was feeling less nauseous. And so I didn't need it as much. But if you are in that position, if you know someone who was getting to that point where they're puking all the time, are feeling incredibly nauseous, unable to work, unable to stand, unable to care for themselves, struggling to go to the toilet, struggling to have a shower, like having a shower was like a massive activity, um, going to the toilet, massive activity. Um, if you know someone in that position, do get them to talk to their GP, do get them to talk to their doctor, get them on the right medications. Um, and just know that you're, just tell them that you're there for them. Don't try and give them lots of advice unless you have, other than go to your GP, which is a great bit of advice. Um, just kind of be there for them. Get encourage them to try different medications and actually along my journey I had a neighbor at the time who'd experienced it really badly um H had had HG badly and she recommended the drugs that worked for her she was like these are the it was called an endosterone which is a slightly more expensive drug that's often used in chemotherapy and she was like you've got to get this one because it's more expensive so they often don't give it to you first but it is the best and she was right that was that was actually the drug that worked best for me and so I knew that from the get-go and yeah just be supportive of it um it's hard I, I I think even now there's probably work and processing and therapy that I need to go through of that time um because it's physically a lot you know the nauseousness not being able to move being bedridden just I mean I was essentially stuck in bed for three months and I am, if you know me, you know I'm a very active person. I like to run. I like to be outside. It was over the summer. So it was beautiful weather. I tried going outside a couple of times just to lie on a sun lounger and always ended up puking. So it just didn't work. It was just too bright, too sunny, you know, like just, just too much. Um, it was really challenging. 
but I'm really proud of myself actually for for going through it, for just pushing on. And the good thing about HG is, and anything that you struggle with in pregnancy, is that it's it is for a clear goal. So that that helped me and my mind a lot. I knew it was temporary. I knew as soon as I wasn't pregnant, I wouldn't feel awful. And then I found out I was having twins. So I was like, okay, there's two people going on. No one, like that almost helped in a way because I was like, no wonder I feel like I'm dying. Like my body is making two separate, unique human beings at the same time as trying to keep me alive. It's doing three really hard jobs all at the same time. Okay, no, like no wonder. <laughs> no wonder I'm struggling. So that that was really helpful as well. And then as time went on, obviously by about 24 weeks, 25 weeks, I was generally feeling better, a bit more out and about, a bit more normal. But I constantly felt nauseous, to be honest. And I didn't realize how much until, uh, until after the girls were born when I just stopped completely. But for the whole pregnancy, there was like a low level nausea. I had to eat very regularly and just force myself to eat, even though I wasn't hungry. Obviously, because I was bedridden for so long and not eating very much, I had a lot of muscle wastage, uh, lost a lot of weight, lost a lot of muscle. And now in this postpartum time, I'm actually been really intentional about building that back up because uh, you do just your muscle. If you, if you, you know, I mean, I was using my muscles and that I was going to the toilet, I was showering, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't like, I d did lose a lot of weight. My stomach swelled a bit, but the rest of me did get a bit bony. But then as soon as I was able to keep food down and I probably about like 20, 24 weeks, I started to feel hungry for the first time in three months. And when I was hungry, like, boy, I ate tons of food. I really, I think the first foods I actually craved randomly was hummus, tomato, and cheese sandwiches. So honestly, I was eating like six of those sandwiches a day. Like when my mum came over, that's what she would make. <laughs> hummus, tomato, and cheese sandwiches. That's what I wanted on sourdough bread. I ate so much of that. And so as soon as I was able to keep food down and feel less nauseous, then obviously I started to gain weight. Um, because I wanted to gain a lot of weight for um, the twins because uh, it was recommended that more weight gain when you're pregnant with twins leads to better outcomes for the girls, which turned out to be the case for me because they were born 38 weeks, healthy, good weight, all worked out well. So that is my experience of HG. Sorry if that's a little bit low over the place. It's obviously still something I'm still processing. It was pretty brutal. Um and probably means I will never be pregnant again. I, I'm not actually sure if mentally I can go through that again. Um, although I am really proud of myself that I did. I'm not going to lie. It was brutal. Um, yeah, I feel emotional talking about it now. It was really hard and very lonely. Um, and a really complex set of emotions because you really want to be pregnant. It was a planned pregnancy and at the same time you are being crushed by it on a daily basis and everyone around you is telling you you should be really happy about it and that you should um, be really grateful that you can be pregnant and have babies. But at the same time that everything in your body is just wishing that you weren't pregnant because you're stuck in a room in the dark on your own, puking your guts out, spitting, um, just trying to avoid going into hospital. 
And yeah, it's not fun. And yes, it's worth it with the girls. Like, I'm so glad they're here. And I'm so grateful that they're healthy. And I'm so grateful that I can get pregnant easily and make healthy babies. I'm so aware of how lucky I am, but it, it's still hard. Um, and it is relatively traumatic. <laughs> so, still something I'm processing. <sighs> but thank you for listening. I know this isn't my usual, usual how-to strategy, but I really want to share this because even if I really hope this doesn't affect you personally, but you might know someone at work or in your play group or down the street that struggles with this. And I would just love you to have heard of it because I'd never heard of it and just know a little bit of how to support them. Um, and the main takeaways for this in terms of, of, of how to support someone with this is just to be there to maybe deliver magazines or recommend audiobooks for them make sure that they get go to that pregnancy sickness support if they're based in the UK or find the the charity in your country that deals with this because I found that support so helpful um, and also encourage them to talk to their doctor and their GP and to go on the right medication if that's if that's what they need um, because all of those things really help me also I'm a holistic nutritionist but if this is you or you know someone of this you literally are just eating whatever food you can, like throw out the rules, just any food that I got in my mouth was a success, whether it was crisps, whether it was uh, bread, whether it was, I don't know, I craved apples at one point, like some random foods, any food in your mouth is a success. Any food that you can keep down and partially digest is a success. Okay, so thank you for being with me in this. Thank you also to all of the support. I got so much support during this time. Family, friends, my husband was amazing. My family was amazing. I had good friends just encouraging me along the way. Um, you do need a lot of support. Um, and also my clients were amazing, obviously, during this time as well and had a lot of grace for me as I paused sessions to puke and cancel things and so yeah, <sighs> being a human can be hard and making humans <laughs> can be even freaking harder. <laughs> That's my conclusion. But again, I share this with you because I really hope and statistically it's unlikely that you're going to struggle with this, but you might know someone who does and you can be a really good friend, neighbor, community member to this person. Um, okay, sending you lots and lots of love. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions, then you can email admin at keziahall.com or head over to Instagram. Lots of love. the show do make sure you go head over and leave me a review and as a reminder i am taking on new clients right now and i would love to work with you if you want to create more energy wake up feeling good have a fatter belly improve digestion more balanced happy awesome hormones that just make you feel juicy and not awful then get in touch. I have helped thousands of people. This is what I'm trained and qualified to do. And I would love to work with you. So I'm taking on new clients. If you don't know how long that will be, but head to keziahall.com, click on the work with me page, read all, read all about it. <laughs>
just makes me think of that. Read all about it and book in your call. Get in touch. Email me. Okay, so keziahall.com. Click the work with me page and let's get started soon. Okay, sending you lots of love. Bye.